0: Iconic makeup artist, beauty industry revolutionary, entrepreneur. Bobbi Brown is all these things and so much more. Throughout her career, she has crossed paths with some of the most accomplished people at the top of their field. These conversations are a look into
1: their inspiring lives because everyone has a story. This is Long Story Short with Bobbi Brown. Jen Atkin moved to LA at the age of 19 with $300 in her pocket. She began her career working in a hair salon, which led to her working for fashion designer John Galliano. From here, she worked at Paris Fashion Week and has an unbelievable career as a celebrity hairstylist. She is now a world known hairstylist who has worked with celebrities like Kim, Chloe, Courtney, and Jennifer Lopez she also has over two and a half million followers on social media and in 2016 she founded her hair care line way which is sold around the world here's my conversation with the one and only jen atkin where are you from originally
0: okay so i grew up in utah and then my family moved to hawaii and we lived there for about four or five years which was amazing then we came back to utah when i was in high school and i've lived in la i moved here in 2000 with my best friend, and we both had, like, matching Honda Civics and $300 to our name. And it's very much like Romy and Michelle or, like, Britney Spears' Crossroads movie. Like, we just got in the car with,
1: like, no fear and moved to L.A. to try to just make something of ourselves. Okay, but $600, did that go to rent? Did you stay with friends?
0: Yeah, actually, yesterday, on our way,
1: we were driving to our
0: third campaign shoot, and my husband took a weird route on ways, and we randomly drove past my first apartment in LA on Mar Vista on McLaughlin Avenue and I lived behind like a pizza place and my best friend and I shared a loft a one-bedroom loft so we didn't even have a bedroom with like a door we lived in the loft and shared like the hall closet and we lived like that probably for about a year and a half or two years because it's all we could really afford
1: and is your best friend still in LA? still my best friend. Aww. We had dinner two nights
0: ago. She lives down the street. She has two kids. We both married nice Jewish boys. Um, Smart girls. And yeah, she's my, she's Aww. like my sister. Cool. Yeah. That's, I love her.
1: That's so nice. And so you land in LA and how long did it take to get a job? Oh my God.
0: I mean, I did a ton of like odd jobs. Cause I really, again, like I didn't know anybody. We had Craigslist at the time, I think for like job hunting. Um, and so I worked for, as a receptionist for an architect firm, I worked for a music supervisor. God, I have to think back. I was, okay, so basically I was doing like odd jobs and then I used, like like I said, the Allure directory was my only way of really seeing like what was going on in the hair world. I had like my Thomas guide to search in my car to figure out where I was going. I remember so many times going to like rodeo which is like near the airport, because I thought that was Rodeo. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I I started working as a receptionist at a salon called the Stilo. And I got a really lucky break. I was at a Starbucks interviewing for another job at like some computer firm. And my future boss was interviewing people to be receptionists at a salon next to me. And she heard my interview. Huh. She stopped me before I left and was like, would you want to maybe consider like coming and checking out the salon. And it just happened to be the salon that Chris McMillan was working at. Okay, but and wait, like, but
1: did you have, you were a hairdresser already? No, you I was just a person. Okay. No, gotcha. I was a receptionist. Yeah. I like, yeah,
0: I didn't have any, no, I, again, like I didn't know anybody in the hair world. And so- Wait, did you um, go to beauty started, school? Did you? Well, this is after. So I started as a receptionist gotcha. at Estilo where Chris worked. It's still there, like two blocks from my house. Yeah, and
1: for people that don't know Chris- tell tell oh my god i can't even like fathom that there are people out there so
0: okay well everyone watches friends and everyone knows who jennifer aniston is and basically chris mcmillan is the man behind the most iconic haircut which is the rachel right so chris was there for a second and then he left to start his own salon i was a receptionist there moved up to a manager position started saving my money i couldn't afford you know i really wanted to go to hair school and i was like just observing hairstylists at that time. Like I really wanted to kind of see what they were doing right and what they were doing wrong. This was 2003, 2004. And at the time, like hairstylists were coming out of the 90s and it kind of felt like, you know, you had your superstars. Like hairstylists were like rock stars. And like, I noticed a lot of people who were maybe, you know, they had a lot of clothes in their closet, not a lot of money in the bank. It kind of felt like, you know, the success was never going to end. And I really got to watch, I think, artists, who were so amazing and I just like was soaking in everything watching how they created these amazing looks and we had Nona Ryder coming in I was feeding Bette Midler's meter it was like a dream come true but I was watching these artists who were not good business people and so that's really my first like I was I was personally like counting the money we were getting every day and I was seeing how much they were making and how much they were spending and I was spending time with them on the weekends Bobby, when I moved to L.A. from Utah, I didn't know what gay men were Uh like. I grew up in a Disney bubble. So like Uh I had no idea what Jewish people were like. I was just totally like soaking in this amazing like world that I'd never been exposed to. So um, I was just, you know, watching these guys not really making the best business decisions and life style choices. You know, there was a lot of drugs going on. I just felt like it was a really important time for me to kind of like, in hindsight, I see how that like was building the blueprint for who I am now. So yeah, long story short, I saved up money. I still couldn't afford to go to like Vidal Sassoon or Paul Mitchell, like those schools were about $20,000. And so I had an assistant that worked at Estilo who said, there's this amazing apprenticeship program you can do basically through the state from an occupational school, downtown LA. And you can go and get your certificate there, your cosmetology license, take your state board exam, and work in the salon to get those hours towards your cosmetology license. So you're killing two birds with one stone. So I was like, I have to do this. This is like a dream come true. So after really studying like the business side of being a salon stylist, I was working on the floor during the day sweeping the floors feeding meters again like mixing formulas I worked for a guy who like if you didn't pay attention to the foils like that you were holding and watching his like pattern Mm -hmm. he would paint bleach on your fingers nice so it would just burn aha yes Uh and I will never forget that so I was doing that and then I worked as a hostess at night to really kind of like make ends meet and I worked at like a little restaurant as a hostess seating people and then On the opposite days, I would go downtown LA, and my clients would be, like, women coming out of, like, prison. Like, there was a women's prison down the street, and Mm. so... But that was an amazing time. I met so many great girls who I just connected with after, oh, my God, 15 years. That's where I learned how to braid. That's where I learned how to really work with, like, ethnic hair. It was such an amazing experience for me. And and that's where I got my license.
1: And you were giving back. It must have felt good helping women that really needed it. Totally. And I have to say, like,
0: imagine, Bobby. I'm like this little Utah girl who moves and gets to work now in like Beverly Hills. And I'm seeing like the fanciest of the handbags and the fanciest cars that I'm feeding meters for. And then to go and spend the rest of the week, you know, downtown with girls who come from very, you know, humble beginnings and seeing, again, like women coming out of prison and starting their life over. Yeah, it was an incredible
1: experience for me. Yeah, that is some juxtaposition. So that's really yes. cool. How did you then become Jen Atkins? How did you break into... Like what were the, what was the next thing that happened that really was like, got you to the next step?
0: Um, oh God. So I would say, okay, so outside of getting my license, then it was like, now you got to like still assist, which I was okay with because it was like, you know, a, a stable job. Now you have to assist in order to really like prove yourself on the floor and become your own stylist. So I got a job at Chris McMillan salon working for Andy LeCompte. For people who don't know Andy, he's incredible. He- has been Madonna's hairstylist for, I think, over 10 years now. And Andy was my big break. You know, he asked me to come and assist because his assistant was going out um, on a break for two months. He asked me to come and cover for her, and I ended up working with him for three to four years. And from there, I'm a year out of hair school, Again, working at Chris McMillan, where you have, like, the top celebrities coming in and out. At the time, it was, like, 2005. So, it was, like, Nicole Richie, Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, like, all of those, all the girls. Like, it girls. Yeah. yeah. We had every publicist. And at the time, the only way you were ever going to get a celebrity client is if you knew the right publicist. And this is pre-Instagram. So... Um, you know, I worked really hard with Andy. I got to meet an, like amazing people, amazing publicists, people who I still are friends with to this day. And that for me was like the, my big break. And we went on Madonna's tour. I got to go do all the dancers hair. How cool is that? It was awesome. Yeah. So we traveled the world. I was 26, came back to LA. I got to go on the floor and really start like, that's where my work ethic kicked in to overdrive because for you to really stand out it's like you have to be the first one in the salon and the last one to leave and you know there's no such thing as having like a social life if you really you know want want that success this is at that time right. it's different now but this was 2007 so you know, we didn't have ways of marketing ourselves. So really I just put in the work at the salon.
1: But Jen, I I think that's so incredible because so many people your age and younger, they don't understand that. Like those days when you're doing that. And by the way, I still do it to this day. I still make sure that everything gets done and I get on the floor and I help wrap boxes. You just, you have to do that.
0: Oh my God, Bobby, last night on our shoot, I told my whole team to leave. I'm like, guys, we're done early, go home. And then I realized, oh my God, we've got to like pack up all the tables and the director's chairs and like i'm sitting there <laughs> with my husband and his two assistants and i'm like in the rain you know carrying tables out and like but i don't mind it you know i i'm so i think again like i think you know when you come from that time of just you've got to put in the work i i don't see myself ever being that person who's too good to do that stuff.
1: So you're still an assistant at this point. When do you break out of being an assistant? What's that moment?
0: I assisted Andy and then, you know, he had the confidence in me and he was traveling a lot. So I got to like work with his clients when he was out of town. And I just, you know, that's when I really started building my own clientele. I really credit Amanda Silverman, who's a big publicist at The Lead. She does like Charlize and Lady Gaga and Pharrell and Rihanna, she's huge. And she was just a random blow-dry client. Had no idea who she was. She was working with Queen Latifah and I thought she was like her assistant, I had no idea. And I started doing blowouts for her, and she really liked my work. And you know, we didn't really ever talk about what she did. And she was at the time with 42 West, which is a big publicity firm. And she was a really big reason that I got success as quickly as I did. Um, my first big celebrity client, I worked with like Hayden Panettiere uh, when she was on Heroes. I worked with Amanda Bynes. I worked with like Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richie doing their extensions. You know, Amanda was the reason I got Sofia Vergara with my first big hit client and she had just done the pilot for Modern Family. So I got to spend a good three or four years with Sofia Vergara, watching her just, I mean, talk about a girl boss. She is an incredible entrepreneur, an incredible actress, an incredible person. And my work with Sofia, when she was doing like Pepsi ads and CoverGirl, that Kim Kardashian paid attention to what I was doing. And I got a phone call to do Kim for the cover of Cosmo. And my agent at the time was like, this came in it's like a for sure pass you know uh-huh. like I don't think you'd really want to do this it's like a reality star I don't know and I was like you know I think she's really beautiful and I've I've never heard anything bad about her and at the same time Lorraine Schwartz who is another guardian angel of mine the Lorraine was the jeweler yeah Lorraine Schwartz was really close with Kim and I met her at that time at a Oscar party that Lorraine had and just really thought she was lovely and so I took that job and that changed my life
1: and, and how did working with Kim Kardashian change your life?
0: Um, this is now 2011. So Instagram is about to hit, you know, 2000. I think Instagram came out in 2010. It was just around that time, you know, Kim was really hitting it big. And I met her sister, Chloe on this shoot. And we really hit it off. And Chloe was going to be hosting the X Factor. And so she asked me if I would, you know, consider. She wrote me the nicest note. I mean, these girls are literally just. They're so thoughtful and such good girls. And Chloe wrote me a really sweet card and was like, I know you would probably never want to, but it's my first time doing television. And I would really love it if you would come and help create looks for me. And that was so much fun. And like Chloe and I have been close ever since we did that. And, you know, I've been really, really fortunate. I consider like my success is probably 60% luck and being in the right place at the right time. And the 40% is, you know, work ethic and working hard and just trying to be a good person. But, you know, at the time, the Kardashians weren't even what they are now. You know, they were still in hustle mode. They were still like doing random magazine shoots, doing random, you know, collaborations, um, just kind of getting their foot into the whole entrepreneurship.
1: So you've been there for the whole
0: ride. Yeah, I mean, the, the show has been on 16 seasons now. And I think I started with the girls around season two nine or 10. Okay. I wasn't there from like the very, very beginning. But, you know, I remember the first time I worked with Kendall was seven or eight years ago. She would just done her first feature in Teen Vogue and I got to do her braid. But yeah, so I have really kind of grown with the family. And, you know, if I can say anything, again, like they could change my life because not only was I working with these incredible girls with incredible hair and they, they were in the limelight, but I, I got to grow up with them in a business sense where, you know, I'm there with them every morning Eavesdropping on, you know, phone calls and meetings, right. and like really watching their work ethic. And I think that, you know, I, what's the saying? Or you're like, you are the sum of like the people that you spend the most time with, like the top five or six people.
1: You told me last time we talked that you thought Chris, you know, is is such a wonderful woman. And you said to me, you said you really have to meet her as a businesswoman. So talk about what yeah. what she has meant to you as is she oh my god a mentor a huge
0: like. I consider Chris you know really like a, another guardian angel of mine like she really truly treats the people in her life and in the girl's life whether it's assistants or glam squad like she really does treat you like family and I don't know how I mean the saying should be we all have the same hours in the day as Chris Jenner because I don't know how she doesn't forget a birthday she doesn't forget any milestone in your life and congratulating you and again it's like I'll get a handwritten card from each girl if you ever give them a gift for anything. It's like, she is just so incredible. And when it comes to business, you know, I I have her on speed dial and there's so many times, and especially in the past three years since I've launched Way, whether it's, you know, questions about raising money or questions about, you know, dealing and bringing on investors or questions about retail and strategy and, you know, digital. And she is right there and like, she'll call my husband and I randomly and be like, guys, I have a really great idea about when you have kids and how you need to set up your you know, your business and different accounts and estate planning, all of that and I'm she's just so incredible and so on
1: it. So I have been really lucky to like learn from her. Yeah, you are really lucky to have them. So, so talk to lucky. me about fashion because you cross over into so many different worlds. That's the celebrity world and that's fashion. But don't you do a lot of fashion week? Don't you do shows? Yeah, I mean that's kinda of changed a bit. So
0: cut from me working in the salon and working with celebrities and Sofia Vergara and Kim and everything. So you'd think that like, you know, I'm the girl that just like is going to ride that like salon, you know, success and, and just have my quiet little life in LA. No, I was like, I still need to learn. I'm 20, at the time I'm 28 years old and I'm like, I am really dying to go to New York Fashion Week. I'm dying to go to Paris Fashion Week. And my big break in the fashion industry was again, Lorraine Schwartz. Like Lorraine knew John Galliano and his partner and she hooked it up where I got to do John for the Met Ball. And I landed, rushed to the hotel, flew economy by the way, because that's all I could afford at the time. Got myself there, unpacked my kit, my blow dryer broke. So I'm sitting here meeting John Galliano for the first time. And had to use a hotel blow dryer that was about this big and uh-huh. like made that like <laughs> sound. And I'm like with the chicest guy trying to look he was so lovely did you and tell so him? understanding. Oh so you told him? I yeah. yes, yeah. I did. I was panicking. Yeah. I was like, I cannot believe this is happening to me right now. But I was honest with him and you know, I worked with John for about three years after that. And that got me to Paris because Dior would fly me to Paris to do John's hair for the shows. And instead of like flaunting that, you know, I do John Galliano's hair and going to the parties, I was like, no, no, no. I need to get on Guido's list and I need to get on Orlando's list. And I want to go and use my time while I'm here to go and assist and learn how to do a ponytail the right way.
1: Uh, I perked up because Orlando's one of my favorite people and he does a ponytail oh. like nobody else. Nobody's business. He
0: is so incredibly talented. And I mean, not to fast forward, but really, Bobby, working around those legends Mm -hmm. and meeting them and seeing them, that's Sam McKnight and Serge Normand, and, you know, all these guys who I just idolized. That's what really drove me to create Main Addicts, which was like a hair centric site, because at the time, all I cared about was Introducing those guys to younger artists who didn't know who they were because I was like, these are just the legends.
1: So since we started with Main Addicts, we'll go there because I want to talk about, did that come before launching the products? Way, yeah. It did? It came before
0: Way. So I did Fashion Week, got to go and assist, really like get some more looks under my belt. And then I, you know, Instagram was just picking up. I really gravitated to Instagram early on. I loved it. I thought, what an incredible way to not only communicate with people, but to showcase my work. And it's a marketing tool. And, you know, I just, I loved it. I loved, I think growing up Mormon, because we're just so used to like really like documenting everything in our life. (laughs) Like my parents had like always had the camcorder. We always were scrapbooking. It was like everything was a moment that we had to like remember. So Instagram came really easy to me. I loved it. And so from there, I really, you know, I, I wanted to create a hair centric, community and a site where, you know, consumers could learn about new products, where hairstylists could learn about other hairstylists, where you brought editorial stylists together with salon stylists and just kind of had this like world that was missing
1: in hair. And how long has that been going on? That was launched in 2014. And how many times a year do you do that now?
0: Oh, we go to fashion
1: week. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So it's just that fashion week.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Main Addicts is year round. So basically, it is a site where we like I just sat down with all of the different hair care brands and their marketing teams to really like talk about how because the one thing I think that's been a blessing for me is like I have always loved marketing I've always loved communication I've always loved storytelling I've always loved asking questions and I think Main Addicts has just kind of now morphed into this like amazing space where you know we can have events. I just did a whole tour with Dyson where we did free education and made it so anybody could come to the class and learn, whether you're a consumer or a professional. And so we're working on a lot of like different events and partnerships and doing like really fun videos to talk about products and launches that are happening. Um, Because as a hairstylist, you know, I use everything and I still get sent everything. And it's important for me to kind of show you know, not just way, but everything that, you know, is in the world of hair, whether it's tools or products or accessories or wigs and extensions, there's like such a story to tell. And so now I have four or five artists that I've kind of like incubated and had my eyes on. And so I bring them out and we've partnered with Revolve for the past year and a half. And they go out for New York Fashion Week and Paris Fashion Week and work on all the influencers. And it's
1: so fun. That's so cool. You, I, I mean, I just had this like crazy vision of you rising up from the screen, but I still want to hear more. You're unbelievable. Honestly, you're, uh-huh. you're unbelievable. You're so good. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Bobby. So, That's incredible so, to hear from you. So tell me about the products. When did you get the idea for Way?
0: So the name, everyone, I wanted a conversation piece. Yeah. I wanted it to be like Hermes or Versace. I wanted... I wanted you to be the friend at lunch that corrects your friend. You're like, no, it's not like Hawaii. It's not, I'm trying to think of how people usually say it. We try to say
1: key yeah. or what? Yeah. Quay. And I think like, I it's called Quay. it Quay. Yeah. When I first yeah, saw it. Did. Yeah, you did. You did.
0: Well, there's a sunglass company called Key. Ah. That's Q-U-A-Y. So that's funny. Like everyone has a hard time with both of our brands, but I love it. I wanted to be a conversation piece coming out of fashion week. This is a great segue. I had a mood board full of like Anya Rubik and Freya Beha and like when I was in Paris I was so inspired by just these models that were off duty and like the street style bloggers and like I noticed personally that like hair went from going to the salon and getting a roller set or like going and getting your blowout two or three times a week to like everyone's so busy and because I think of technology and our phones and Instagram and all of it like no one really was living a lifestyle where like you had the time to go and do that. So I really knew what was missing in the marketplace. I felt like there weren't a lot of brands who were having real honest conversations with their customers, there were none actually. And if you think about, you know, at the time, this was 2016 that we launched. So I started formulating in 2014. And at the time, it was like you were seeing these ads in magazines or on billboards that were, like, models with wigs on their hair. It was just nothing that was relatable. You know, I didn't really think that we lived in a world where people were going into a store and asking a salesperson, like, what product is great for me. I noticed that, like, my friends were having conversations with each other. We were using Instagram. We were, like, having, you know, like... The people that were influencing our purchases were like people around us. It wasn't uh, necessarily a salesperson. So, yeah, I kind of wrote down everything I I wanted it to be. I, I knew what I wanted it to look like and smell like. And there weren't any like really modern scents. And I think by working for, like, I worked for Unilever for a couple of their brands. And I think just from behind the scenes, like, I would get handed a script that I had to really stick to. And when I was doing presentations, and I felt like, that just didn't feel real to me. And so I called up one of my really good friends, another ex-Mormon, his name's Tony Umel, and he has a company called Case Agency. And I called him up and I said, will you do me the biggest favor, I have no money, but I know that like you understand this vibe and this vision. And he was like, 1000%, I'm on board. Like This is gonna be so disruptive. We wanted it to be like what Chanel was in the 20s. We wanted it to look luxurious and make you just feel good and feel like you wanted it in your bathroom. You didn't have to hide it. We didn't want 20 descriptive words. We didn't want it to smell like bubble gum. We wanted it to just be really just modern and cool. And I think being a female, I just knew the conversations that weren't being had, and we wanted to be the first digitally native hair care brand.
1: And you were, Voila. and honestly, I was first attracted to the packaging because it's so simple but so chic. And everyone now is trying to um, flatter you and imitate you or copy you and knock you off, however you want to say it. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I know your brand is growing, and right now you have how many products? And then I know you have some coming out.
0: Well, we have perfume that just launched. So yes. We just launched our fragrance, which sold out in like 36 hours. Yeah, that's insane. On our site. That's just Which is insane. incredible. Um, and then... What does it
1: smell like? Describe it.
0: So our best seller was North Bondi. That's someone that sold out like literally within hours. Um, North Bondi is the scent that is like, it's like an apple blossom with a bergamot. It's got raspberry. It's a little bit like a sweet, like sandalwood mixed with floral. So everything is like really kind of, I'm trying to describe... Like our scent, it was really inspired by like I grew up in Hawaii and I love floral, right. but I also love like a s- sophisticated like sandalwood touch. Like I'm a fragrance freak. I'm obsessed with like diptyque and Byredo and Lalalo. I I just love scent. Um, so that was our top seller, and then Melrose Place is another one that's got more of like a cedar wood, white musk uh, scent. And then we have coming up the end of December, so we're coming out with. A kit with summer fridays we're doing a collab
1: oh that's so cool i'm I'm very excited about that I, I i just recently heard about that so are you also going into body care
0: here's the thing bobby that's hard for me because you know we are again like a digitally native brand so we're asking a ton of questions and just kind of asking what people want so i'm a hairstylist i knew the first few skews like i before i could talk about way like I knew what I wanted in the shampoo and the conditioners, like obviously like not having sulfates and thalates and having it, um, you know, like I wanted a product that wasn't full of like really shitty ingredients. And I think like I knew the wave spray was gonna be a hit because everyone loves like something that's gonna like really build their hair. Um, So I knew like coming out, like the treatment mask, I wanted something to help the girls with really like a lot of breakage, girls that wanted their hair to feel like virgin hair again. Um, And then as we've grown, so we've had conversations and everyone, the fragrance is a great example of this, actually. Everyone was like, we die for the scents, make a fragrance. So that's how fragrance was born. And then... We did our rose hair and body oil was our first like multi-use product and it like flew off the shelves
1: One of my favorites by the way, I Thank use it almost you. every day oh my god. one of my faves I
0: cannot believe I use this it on my
1: face too. I I use it on my face. Great.
0: I, I can't believe yeah. Bobby Brown I still cannot believe that you even like But it's crazy. It's such a weird. I don't know how to I, describe I, it. It's I, such a weird moment
1: But it really makes me well just so you know, I love it. So when are you going into makeup? Oh my god, no I listen i bet you will
0: well i was gonna tell you this is what's hard for us okay so like uh, when i first sat down with sephora and with other retailers they're like so what's your plan for the next year and a half we need your calendar and i'm like i have no idea like we're literally you know flying by the seat of our pants and burning the candle at both ends of the stick because i don't we're having conversations and getting product out you know we're trying to do obviously like as much testing as we can but we like really have a rush on getting products out on shelf." We just had a meeting this morning, actually, and I went on Instagram Live to ask about bath. You know, a lot of people are asking us to do stuff for bath. Um, and we have a ton of people asking for more body products. Like, so stay tuned. We're doing a lot of really fun yeah. stuff. We actually just had a meeting, and I was I'm like, wait, sure. I want to bring pet shampoo back. And, like, we want to do all the things, and it's just only 12 months in a year, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you learned to breathe yet?
0: Yes. Okay, I have good, to say. Yes, I uh, talked to me a year ago. No, talked to me a year and a half uh-huh. ago. No, but you know, I we just hired a CEO who's changed my life. He's okay. amazing. He was formerly at Diva Coral, like L'Oreal, and Pepsi. He's amazing. Um, his name's Colin, and so he's helped me to really find like a better balance. And I just have really great people around me who make it so I just show up and do the work. And I, you know, I, I I'm all about working smarter and not harder.
1: So if you could tell everyone who's listening out there that wants to be an entrepreneur, wants to have a business, what's the one thing, according to Jen Atkins, that they could do that's going to change their life starting now?
0: You know, I would say, I think, if you can take anything away from my story personally, is that I had no fear, you know? And I think, like, people will say to me all the time, like, how did you first start working with celebrities? And how did you... You know, have the guts to move from Utah. And I think, like, when you have nothing to lose, it's easy. You know, you have nothing to lose. And I think, like, I I wrote something on Instagram the other day about, like, everything just starts out as an idea on a piece of paper, you know, everything. So I I would say, know that success is hard. Know that money is not, like, the solution to everyone's problems. That's the one thing I think I, I try to really stressed is that you know i've worked around very successful people that have a lot of money i've worked you know in the middle east i meet tons of amazing like women who are shakas and they have like the middle east when i come back i'm like wow i'm really really broke (laughs) yeah (laughs) but like you know i would say this like just i'm all about really wanting to teach people how to better your life how to strive for goals how to make your own personal goals and really you know like that's the only thing I can say is like really better your life but I don't think we live in a really scary time right now where I think everyone is constantly comparing themselves to other people everyone is thinking that they need to have a better car a better job they need to fly you know private more they need to wear all the things and I think the one thing I can really stress is that that is not going to make you happy and if you live a life of like I just want more 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 all the time you're never going to be satisfied so I think that's one thing I'd like for people to really know. So you can do it. You can change your life. You can, I mean, I'm so blessed and I am living truly my dreams, but I also don't know how much money I have in my bank account. You know, I'm not driven by money.
1: It is, it's yeah, great I think advice at, for people.
0: And I think at the end of the day, you know, my success has come because I've been a, a decent person. You know, I've tried to like, treat clients with respect. I treat celebrities like human beings because they are. I live a life of like service. I try to get back as much as I can because I, and that's probably my Mormon upbringing. I really truly, you know, did grow up with my mom. We would go and, you know, donate our time and we would go and like, you know, help people in our community that were struggling and I think, you know, that just don't, I, I just did a, um, a speech at the Revolve Awards and I told the girls watching, I was like, you know, the girls who are here, these successful influencers are here because they gave it a shot and they spent a lot of time behind something that maybe probably wasn't going to work out, you know, and know that like they put in the time and the effort and it's a struggle, it's really a sacrifice. On the other hand, I, I also stress to the girls in the audience who are the successful influencers, to really not focus on what you don't have and focus on what you do. And I think if you do that and just follow your passions and follow what, you know, is important to you, you'll have success.
1: Well, I will. I will wait for your book. I am sure that's in your that is in your near future. But Jen, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where could everybody oh, where could everybody follow you?
0: Oh, my God. So you can follow me on Instagram. I'm starting a YouTube channel. and February, so you can follow that at Jen Atkin Hair and then Way is at the Way, Main Addicts is at Main Addicts and yeah. I'm so happy to be on this and you're such a hero and such an amazing example to all of us girls. So I'm very like humbled to be on the oh, show. Thank you. And
1: I'm grateful you're my friend. Thank I you. I know, I wanna see you more. I know. Well, you know, maybe we'll have to we- meet in Chicago or something. So we're due yeah, for another lunch. I know, I think so. Okay, thanks. That was my conversation with Jen Atkin. What I really love about talking to her is she is a true entrepreneur. She is open to so many ideas. She is completely not afraid to try new things. And I love the fact that she goes from Beverly Hills celebrity life to working with women who just got out of prison. She is one good girl. That's it for this episode of Long Story Short. Follow me online at just Bobby Brown. If there's someone you want on the show, let me know there. If you really like the podcast, rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really like the show, send me a few bucks. I promise to send it to charity. And that's a wrap for Long Story Short. This is Long
0: Story Short with Bobby Brown, a Gallery Media Group production.